And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 277 of Radio Free Asgard. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome to the show and good old summertime here in Chicago. This is the first week of hot weather that we've had. Um, I don't like hot weather. I, I don't mind saying that. This is why I go to Iceland on vacation. It's just, yeah, bleh. Uh, but you know what? Any day now, the cicadas will be back, and we'll, we'll get the background noises of summer out there, like sirens and, and people being shot in the street and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, so summer has already started here, and you know, people are wearing shorts everywhere now. It, it's funny how you know people complain about Chicago weather at the best of times, and even now, I'm, I'm complaining about it now, obviously. But um, yeah, people will talk about Chicago like it's got the harshest uh, weather of all. But honestly, sometimes it's really nice. And even even this, uh, this stretch of temperatures that we've had here in the upper 80s over the last week has actually not been too bad. I haven't minded it too much. I don't mind it a couple times a year for a couple of weeks, you know. <laughs> it's just I wouldn't want to live in it all the time. Anyway, so uh, we don't have a whole lot to talk about here at the top of the show, of course. But we do have... Uh, an issue of the Mighty Thor to cover. So let's just go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard Where the booming heavens roar You'll behold in breathless wonder The God of Thunder, Mighty Thor Indeed, and this week we are looking at the Mighty Thor number three. Came out uh, back in 2016. Cover art is by Russell Dodderman and shows Thor. This is girl Thor, of course. And she is kneeling down on a, uh, I guess next to a scrying pool is what I'd call it. And she's got um, her hammer in hand. The the, the perspective is oddly off. I'm just going to call it artistic license and leave it there. But uh, yeah, her her leg is much smaller than her head, like like <laughs> yeah, it, like comically so. But anyway, um, so we have uh, a scene where she's got this sort of looks like like toilet paper or something flying around her in, in the air. Um, I'm not sure ectoplasm. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, it's some kind of stuff that's floating around in the air around her, and she's in front of this glowing scrying pool. And in the scrying pool, you see. The magical reflections of Malekith, the Enchantress, the Minotaur, one of those fiery Muspelheim beasties, and of course, King Laufey. And so we move on to the next page, where we get a little bit of recap, like we've had every issue so far. Um, and uh, I'm not going to read it because it's pretty much the same as the, uh, the last issue. The Saga of Thor and Loki. Writer is Jason Aaron. Artist is Russell Dodderman. 
Color artist is Matthew Wilson. Letterer and production is VC's Joe Sabino. Cover artists are Russell Dowderman and Matthew Wilson. Assistant editor is Chris Robinson. Editor is Will Moss. Executive editor is Tom Brevoort. Editor-in-chief is Axel Lonzo. Chief creative officer is Joe Casada. Publisher is Dan Buckley. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. Thor was created by Stanley, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, not necessarily in that order. And we move along to the beginning of our story. Alfheim, Land of the Light Elves. And we pick up exactly where we left off last issue with Thor being confronted by Face Pubes Loki. And he says, how about a chat? Just you and me. No tricks, I swear. And they're standing in the middle of this uh, dimension, or I don't know, it was a world where there's, I guess it's Alfheim, I, I, I guess. And there's uh, like flower petals flying everywhere, purple leaves and um, pink clouds. And yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of Alfheim-y. Do you truly expect me to believe that, Loki, coming from the likes of you? I do, actually. You more than anyone should appreciate the power of change, my lady, and the stubborn resistance some people can have to it. Asgard stands on the brink of civil war, in part because you hold that hammer. Asgard stands on the brink of civil war for one reason only. Odin. Believe me, I was driving the Allfather mad long before you canoodled your first thunderstorm. But that was the old Loki. A dashing fellow, to be sure, but alas, he got a bit bored always picking the bones off those same withered sagas. An all-new, all-different Thor deserves an all-new, all-different Loki. Hello, that's me. And, uh, we, yeah, he, he definitely is looking very uh, Tom Hiddleston-y uh, in, this, uh, in this frame. And the face pubes do really kind of look, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have to complain about it in the story because I've already complained about it at the end of the show. Thor and Loki, we all know how that story goes. Loki lies. Loki plays cruel, though admittedly clever tricks. Thor hits Loki repeatedly with a hammer. How many different versions of that same scuffle have we seen over the centuries? More than I care to count. Yet where didn't that cycle of lies and hammers ever lead us, except to more Ragnaroks? I'm far more interested in sailing our collective narrative into uncharted waters. You've already done that, haven't you? Whether you know it or not, you've changed more than just the words on that hammer's inscription. You've changed the lives of the gods. Impressive, considering I'm not entirely sure you even are one. But that hasn't stopped you from building your own mythology, has it? Lately, I've been busy doing that as well. But now I'm back, at long last, ready to resume my time-honored role as the most important supporting player in the life of the mighty Thor. Though without the lies this time, without the same old dirty tricks, like you, I want to forge my own direction, to meld an old name with a startling new identity. To speak frankly, I want to be more than just the sum of all my lies. I want to help you end this war. For once I'd like to be a Loki my mother can actually be proud of. What do you say, Thor? Does that sound like something we can... And in this, in this panel... He looks really, really like Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> so they're, they're definitely going for the fangirl audience here. But it's definitely a really awesome uh, panel here of, uh, of Loki making the like, big old uh, puppy dog eyes at uh, Thor. And uh, Thor goes, Rog! 
And she smacks Loki uh, in the face with the hammer, knocks his head clean off, and we see Loki's head flying upward, completely decapitated. Uh, we know that Loki can survive it, but, you know, those face pubes make me want to smack his head off, too. And we get a little bit of a caption here. The first time I ever crossed paths with Loki, he brainwashed me and tried to feed me to a tiger in Central Park. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Way, way back in the journey into mystery. Wow. I guess that's still in the continuity here. Ymir's frozen whiskers, says Thor. In those days, he was always kidnapping me to use as a prop in his schemes against Thor. He treated me as a plaything, never caring if I lived or died. If he knew it was Jane Foster who now commands the thunder, he'd know not to waste his wretched breath. This is one Thor who will never trust a Loki. And uh, Loki uh, comes back and uh, he puts his head back onto his shoulders, apparently. And uh, comes up behind her. Apparently you're not that different from my brother after all. He's always been much better at hitting people than listening to them. I thought you said no tricks. Yes, well, I've learned to be rather cautious when dealing with those of a thunderous persuasion. Shall we try this again? As I said, I only came here to... Thor raises the hammer up and has created a, a big thunderstorm sort of thing. A big, you know, crack-a-doom, crack-a-room. And she's like, sorry, you'll have to speak up. And uh, we can see now that the, um, the, the creature that, that she hit the head off of, I guess, was not actually the real Loki. Um, so, because now there's two of them. So, yeah, he was using some kind of a weird uh, magical decoy. And uh, she creates a, a thunderstorm and big winds, and the winds are going whoosh. And uh, she blows uh, this Loki into a, a big old fire. And he says, uh, only came here to talk about how we can end this, this, ah, think my tongue is on fire. So yeah, so she's knocked him into the fire. She's on fire now. So I guess they're kind of disposable, as it were. That does hurt, you know. Just because it's magic doesn't mean they're not a part of me. Take all the parts of you and leave this realm be. Your lies will not end the War of the Elves. All the parts of me? I wonder if you even know what that means. I don't know who you are beneath that helmet, but I gather you haven't been playing this game for long. I have. For longer than the stars have been twinkling in the sky. I told you I don't want to fight. I'm trying to turn the other cheek here, as the mortals are fond of saying. Though I would like to know, just how many cheeks do you think it will take? And he has summoned a, a, a huge uh, number of, of different Loki bodies. We have like a Incredible Hulk Loki, and we have the Tom Hiddleston Loki. We have the Thor's Loki. Remember the one who was dressed as the bum? We've got um, sort of the traditional evil Loki in his... Um, uh, you know, the horned helmet like we saw in the classic Thor comics in the 70s and 60s. We've got little baby Loki, little kid Loki, and the little blue Loki, which I gather is some other thing. And we've even got Loki as a cat and as a moss-encrusted sort of um, being. I don't know. But anyway, it's a, it's a nice panel anyway. You say you don't want to fight, yet you bring an army. So be it. I brought one as well. Its name is Mjolnir. And she whips Mjolnir at Loki. And it passes through a bunch of them. And they, they kind of dissolve into the fire, whatever. It just kind of knocks them down and stuff. 
Ah, it appears we've transformed Thor into a surly wench. A splendid trick. And one of the other Loki says, If she's Thor, why are we not killing her? At least kidnapping someone she loves. A little kid Loki says, We don't really do that sort of thing anymore. Speak for yourself, says another evil Loki. It's called character growth. We're older and wiser now, also younger. Boring, I think, is what you mean, says another Loki. So they're, they're all talking amongst themselves. And we have one of the evil Lokis saying, You boy, are a pathetic excuse for a Loki. A bit of scruff on your chin cannot hide the fact that you have milk in your veins instead of blood and fire. If you won't even battle a Thor, then what? Always with the battlings, says the modern Loki that we're reading about. I told you I'm sick to death of the same old, and he is knocked down from behind by Mjolnir, <laughs> and is knocked forward with a hook, <laughs> and he's lying on the ground, his nose is bleeding, dripping on the ground, and we see uh, a pair of high heel boots on a Loki, apparently walking towards uh, Thor, and she says, You're right. No need to keep fighting the same battle over and over. But you are forgetting there is one version of Thor versus Loki we've never seen before. If anybody's going to murder this pretty little Thor, I believe we can all agree it should be me. <clears throat> it is indeed the uh, the female Loki. But I now, if I'm not mistaken, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But the female Loki was actually Sif in uh, or Loki's mind in Sif's body. Was that the way it worked? Uh, I think that's what I read. Anyway, so uh, so she's there. And um, she's got sword in hand, and she goes leaping for, for girl Thor, and she's going, <laughs> and is jumping at her, and uh, girl Thor is, is, is kind of rearing back to strike out with Mjolnir, and the two of them are, are engaging a little bit of battle here, and the hammer clangs off Loki's sword, uh, knocks back, Loki, uh, I, I say girl Loki, <laughs> because there's so many Lokis now. Girl Loki is casting spells, and they, she's summoned up you know, like these uh, yellow snake um, snake spell. And these snakes are kind of swarming over uh, Girl Thor and knocking her back. And she's like, yeah, and got to get trying to get these snakes off of her. Jane's thinking to herself, maybe I was better off when I was being kidnapped. Oh, you're just riddled with secrets, aren't you? Like a rotting corpse infested with maggots. I'm going to enjoy carving them out of you one by one, and then watching them squirm and shrivel in the light of day, says girl Loki. And we see uh, the Lokis are back talking amongst themselves again, and uh, one of the evil Lokis is like, Now this one knows what it means to be a Loki. Maybe you should put her in charge. She's me, says the uh, current day Loki. You're all me. You're all in my head. Not me. I'm dead, remember? That's a little kid Loki. Yes, we're all you, Loki, says little tiny blue Loki. And the one thing we all agree on is that we're ashamed of the you you've become. You talk about forging a new identity for yourself, but you're still playing the same sad little games within games, aren't you? Only this time, the only person you are fooling is yourself. You know what it is you really want. You're just too damned weak and frightened to... Current day Loki uh, picks up the little blue Loki and smashes. He picks him up by the waist and he, and he slams him up against the evil Loki um, head first. And he says, you're right. Suddenly I'm really starting to hate myself too. 
And so they're, uh, I guess, you know, all fighting amongst themselves, catches the attention of girl Thor and girl Loki. And uh, girl Loki is like, typical, while the women do all the work, the men stand around playing with themselves. After I'm done with you, dear, perhaps I'll kill them too. You're insane, says Thor. You don't even know what that word means, little girl. But don't worry, Mother Loki will teach Yarg. Uh, uh, Thor smashed her right across the face with Mjolnir, and um, she says, "You'll be teaching yourself to eat through a straw once I break all the bones in your face, you." And all of a sudden, uh, Girl Thor is grabbed by various uh, Loki identities, and they're kind of dragging her back. And she's like, "What? Let me!" Yarg! And the yarg happens when uh, girl Loki thrusts her sword right into uh, girl Thor's arm. So we get a little bit of bleeding here uh, and the big old sword wound. And she thrusts it all the way in. And um, so she's obviously in pain. And uh, Lady Loki is, is leaning over her and she says, We all know how your story ends, Lady Thor. You're just keeping that Mjolnir warm for a bit, aren't you? Sooner or later, the Odinson will come back to reclaim his hammer. Why not just cut to the chase and wrap this little charade up gracefully? If you want to go out like a real Thor, what better way than at the hands of a Loki? Don't worry, I promise to make it slow and painful. And there's a great big burst of lightning with a crackoom throwing all these various Lokis back. And we see uh, girl Thor is uh, pulling the sword out of her own shoulder. And uh, she says, um, You're not the real Loki. You're not the real Thor. What's your point? I am sick of your trickery. I'm sick of your lightning. Perhaps that makes us even. Mjolnir, she calls. End this. And she whips Mjolnir at uh, Lady Loki. And it heads straight at her head. But she manages somehow to dodge it. And it, I guess, I don't know what's happening here exactly, but it looks like he, it's homing in on the, the, the crowd of loci. I guess as loci is the uh, Loki plural. I don't know. Anyway, so the hammer is flying into this big group of Lokis, and it's doing this, uh, this Jane Foster whipping around thing that she's been doing. And finally, uh, it's like it's homing in on somebody and just goes into the middle of this crowd with a thoom, and it throws all of the various loci's um, go, kind of throwing them all aside. But it it's, it's landed on one particular character, and that is a snake. So it's just like a, a snake on the ground, and uh, is pinned it to the ground, and the snake is going hiss. And with that, all of the other various loki's have vanished. The, uh, the, the snake has uh, turned back into face pubes Loki and is pinned to the ground by uh, Mjolnir because obviously he can't, can't lift Mjolnir to get up. And he's like, ah, bravo. I suppose you can teach an old hammer new tricks. For your next trick, I don't suppose you'd mind picking it up. You said you wished to talk. So talk, says Thor. Why have you come to Alfheim? Are you in league with Malekith the Accursed? What other forces have joined his cause? Oh, you're right. Never really wanted to talk. That was an evil lie. Gods, it feels good to be doing that again. Then why are you here? Was sent to kill you. But really, I was only stalling. So that we could both die together. 
And he looks up and he gets a big grin on his face. And Thor looks up and she says, What in all the realms? And uh, she looks up and there's this huge army of uh, bats. Um, and this looks like the Dark Elf Army, and they're carrying bombs, like, like actual, like, um, you know, American military bombs. And each of these bombs says Roxxon on it, so you know where they got them anyway. And they're, they're swooping in on these giant uh, bat creatures. And, um, yeah. And uh, we see uh, Malekith, and he's floating around, kind of flitting around uh, Lofi. We see King Lofi. And uh, Malekith has got the sort of... Uh, yeah, the sort of God Butcher tentacle thing going on. You know, I don't. Now I'm beginning to think that that's just a stylistic choice and it's not actually significant of anything. But anyway, um, so Malekith comes in uh, on the scene. He says, "The Bat Riders are in position. Last chance to call this off, Lofi. Do it, and may hell take them both." Very well. And the uh, bombs start to drop, and uh, Malka says, So endeth the saga of Thor and Loki. And we cut back to the surface, where we have uh, Thor and Loki, and the bombs are, are heading right for them. And um, they, there's a line here that makes absolutely no sense. Those bombs will destroy the city. Thousands of light elves will die. Um, I don't think they're in a city. At least they, they haven't really shown a city around them. That's kind of weird, because it seems like they're just kind of in this big, empty field. But anyway. Yes, not to mention one of me, says Loki. And to think I never even got to hug my real father. And uh, Jane is looking up, and she's whipping the hammer around, and she says to herself, This is why. This is why there must be a Thor. And she uh, picks the hammer up. She's whipping it around. She takes off. And she just goes right up into this big giant cluster of bombs. And we get a little bit of narration as she does this. In the blink of an eye, my thoughts turn to thunder. For the first time in forever, I'm not thinking at all about cancer or chemo or the problems of poor, frail Jane Foster. I am one with the storm, willing it to lift these bombs up higher and higher and praying to all the gods that it's enough. In that moment, I am Thor and nothing else. I am the goddess of thunder, and now... There's a giant explosion, a giant whoom. So, um, yeah, so she kind of used the winds to raise up all the bombs kind of up, and they all crashed into each other, big explosion. And now I remember what they were fighting near this giant Volva city thing. Yeah, so, okay, so that's, what, that's, that's what's there. Anyway, and um, we get a, a glimpse here of Loki back on the ground, and he's looking up and he's saying... I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do hope I didn't just witness the last act of Thor. You and I have a lot of work to do, Ms. Thunder, and believe me, this little war in Alfheim is nothing compared to the one that's just about to explode. And we cut to uh, Thor, and we see that uh, she has changed back into Jane Foster, and she is falling to the ground along with all the fireballs, and uh, Mjolnir looks to be falling to the ground as well. And uh, we shift scenes, and we are in Asgard, and we see that uh, Freya is uh, been being escorted to the uh, the throne room by a couple of these uh, thunder guards. She's going into uh, obviously to confront Odin, and I like I like the design of this page. We'll talk about this at the end. And we hear a voice: "Bring forth the prisoner. This court is ready to sit in judgment of her crimes." 
May the fates have mercy on your soul, Lady Freya, for all Father Odin will not. And yeah, we see Odin, he's sitting on his throne with his uh, kind of antler hat on, which I think is the same antler hat that he was wearing before. Uh, sitting on the throne looks very much like the uh, throne from the Thor movie. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> and that is to be continued. All right. So we do have a few things to say about the issue. But before we do that, we're going to listen to a promo from one of our friends. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back, and of course, a big happy birthday to both Stephen and Andrew, who have birthdays really close together, and uh, and you should all go listen to Fantastic Cast, because it is one of my favorite shows, and it's really, really good. Okay, so let's uh, talk about a little bit about the issue. Um, okay, so in general, I'm okay with this idea. I really like the weird idea that they have here of having Thor confront these multiple Lokis, and I guess it even makes sense in a way. Um, because Loki has been portrayed so many different ways over the years. Um, there have been so many different takes on the character. And I get it. It's it's kind of a cool thought. I kind of like it. Um, we also have the um, kind of the, the idea of, okay, this is a different Thor. So things aren't quite the same as they were before. So I, I do like that as well. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff about the issue as far as the art. The artwork is really good throughout. Um, I was just saying, the um, I really like the symmetry in this last page. It's not quite perfectly symmetrical, obviously hand-drawn, but they have gone to great lengths to, uh, to make a symmetry here from the positioning of the guards on either side of, of Freya and the background behind um, Odin. Uh, you can't see Odin in the initial panel, but you can see the background. You can see the, the decorations on either side. And of course, you have the, uh, the, the final picture of Odin in the last panel of the book. And it's not quite symmetrical. He's got a spear in one hand, and the other hand is empty. And he's got his ravens on either side of him, but the ravens are not in quite the same position. It's a very skillful layout, and it works really, really well. By and large, I'm really enjoying Russell Dodderman's work on the series. I enjoyed it on the original Girl Thor series as well, as you remember. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. I'm seeing a definite influence, at least in the inking, of uh, Oliver Koipel. And that I, I read as kind of a, a natural extension because, A, we have Koipel working in a rather different style over on the uh, Unworthy Thor book. But also, this influence now 
in the way Thor comics are drawn, that Koipel has been that influential now that other artists are using him as an inspiration. And Koipel has always been uh, an artist that I've really admired, I really like, and in fact, I own a piece of his artwork. But yeah, the artwork by and large in here is really, really good, and with, of course, the exception that I've already mentioned, which I, I don't think I need to mention again because I've kind of harped on about it. Um, so yeah, so basically, I think this is a reasonably strong story. We've got not a lot of forward movement in the story. This seemed to be almost a, a piece of filler, but at the same time, do we have to establish this new Thor's relationship with Loki? Yeah, I think we kind of have to do that. And so this is one way that you can do that. All right. So with that, it is time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. And you can also join us on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>